Welcome to worship with Paisley St George's, whether you be here in the building or watching wherever, worshipping wherever, online. In line with current guidelines, we have reopened the pews, but I would ask that you still keep a one metre distance from other households. The north transept, as we've been trying to do, is available for people who wish to be two metres apart, who are, feel vulnerable or are happier sitting two metres apart. Not, not from folks in their households, so <laughs> but from other households. <laughs> I didn't quite catch that. <laughs> uh, unless exempt, we still require to wear masks for singing and we are required to sign in especially for tea and coffee after worship. The intimations in the print remind us that items for inclusion in the next edition of News from the Pews should be with Irene today. The Guild meets tomorrow at 2pm and we have Alan with some of the members of the choir looking forward to Scottish themed music and the evening meetings will resume from the 7th of February. The Connect Hub at the Outreach Centre will start again this week. That's Tuesday the 1st of February at 1.30 to 3pm. And if you remember, there is an act of worship followed by a time of fellowship. And there's tea and coffee available throughout. The Lighthouse Kids Club again restarts this week, Thursday the 3rd of February for four, from 4 to 5.15 for primary twos to primary sixes. Friendly hour restarts again this Tuesday. Exercise classes as detailed in the order of service. So lots going on and how good it is to see things coming back to a little bit more like what we want. But these are all the intimations. Come, worship the Lord who is love, that we may learn to love as we are loved. We worship the Lord by standing if able to sing Hymn 113, God the Father of Creation. Hymn 113.
now we come before God, our creator, our redeemer, and our sustainer in prayer. Let's pray. We are only children. We are not holy. We are too old. We may think that we do not deserve to enter the presence of God. God welcomes us. Do not say we are too young. God has known us since before we were born. Do not say we are not holy. God judges our hearts through the love of Christ. Do not say we are too old, for God sees with eyes of infinity. Do not say we are not worthy, for we are accepted by the life and death and life of Jesus Christ the Lord. O God, help us not to be afraid and to know that we are welcome in your kingdom. We come to your house for comfort and certainty, Lord. We want to hear words of reassurance. But you are the God who calls us out from our comfort zones. And sometimes we are unsettled by your word to us. Help us to be open this day, we pray, to dare to hear in order that we may dare to speak as Jesus did when the times demand. Lord God, when Jesus lived on earth, he challenged people. He challenged their behavior, their thoughts, their prejudices. He still challenges us today. And yet we confess that we don't like being challenged. We don't want our ways of thinking and living to be questioned. We like certainties and feeling settled. We like to stay in our comfort zones. So Lord, it is unsettling to imagine you coming amongst us. For surely we are your people, like those of Nazareth. And yet they rejected you, for they could not control you and take what they wanted from you. Forgive us for behaving likewise, for thinking we can label and define you. We are your own, and yet our welcome is limited. We ask for, your eyes, for our eyes and ears to be opened, that we may share the limitless possibilities of your ministry. Help us to welcome others in your name, for we know that through you all things are possible. And hear us now as we pray together using the words Jesus shared with his followers, praying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. The power, the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. We turn now to scripture, which will be read for us this morning by Muriel. Muriel is one of our two deputy session clerks and is also one of our worship leaders. I don't know what I did this morning to get three readings, but anyway, here we go. Our first reading is taken from the Old Testament, and it's taken from Jeremiah, chapter 1, verses 4 to 10. The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Alas, Sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak, I'm too young. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you. I will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over the nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. And our second reading from the New Testament <clears throat> is 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verses 1 to 13. 
If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast. It is not proud, it does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child, and I reasoned like a child. When I came a man, I put away uh, childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall fully know, even as I am fully known. And now these three things remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. And our last reading is from the Gospel of St. Luke. And it's Luke chapter 4, verses 21 to 30. And this is Jesus speaking. He began by saying to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. Isn't this Joseph's son, they asked? Jesus said to them, Surely you will quote this proverb to me, Physician, heal yourself, and you will tell me, Do hear in your hometown what we have heard that you did in Capernaum. Truly, you, we have heard, sorry, truly I tell you, he continued, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. I assure you that there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time when the sky was shut for three and a half years and there was a severe famine throughout the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to any of them, but to a widow in Zarephath in the region of Sidon. And there were many in Israel with leprosy in the time of Elisha, the prophet. Yet not one of them was cleansed, only Naaman, the Syrian. All the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this. They got up, drove him out of the town, and took him to the brow of the hill on which the town was built, in order to throw him off the cliff. But he walked right through the crowd and went on his way. Amen, and may God add his blessing to the reading of his word. Thank you, Muriel. We continue in our worship by singing hymn 489, Come Down, O Love Divine, hymn 489.
Let's pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. In this morning's Gospel, a continuation on from last week, we hear of Jesus reading the scripture and teaching in his hometown of Nazareth. He will be well known in the village. But let's think of how we react to hearing someone preach. Well, for me, while I have been ordained for 10 years, I spent many more years in a pew than in the pulpit. So I can think back to when I sat where you are sitting. And often we're in situations where more time is taken up in people's consciousness, both during and after a service, with thoughts about how the sound system performed, what time it took for the whole service, was that the right tune for that hymn, were the prayers or the sermon too long or too short, and then there's how the minister and other folks involved looked and what they'd chosen to wear and in how they arranged their hair. Just a wee aside, that's one of the reasons that I choose to wear my cassock week in, week out. Yes, at first folk will go, oh, I like your cassock, I like your preaching scarf. But then when it's the same thing every week, they get used to it. At times, our minds are not always focused on the message. Sometimes, and I have sat there and I have done that, and I think I have even gone home having thought, did I leave the soup on? So, in Nazareth, after the astonishment, those present when Jesus spoke started to deviate from his message. They started to deviate from his message to a judgment about just who this man was and whether he had the right to talk to them in this way. They became concerned about the delivery and the deliverer, not the content and the message. And this specific case reflects the overall story of Jesus' ministry. For the people lost sight of what he had come to show them and what he had come to achieve. With the result that the whole divine illumination became blinkered in the melee of secular wrangling, power struggles and self-interest. Does anything change? Jesus saw it happening before him. And yet, rather than slipping off into the shadows, he keeps on pushing them, as we heard in today's encounter in the synagogue. He holds a mirror up to them and stirs their angry response. And ultimately, at this point in the ministry of Jesus, it was make your mind up time for the people to whom Jesus spoke and presented his message. Was this the Messiah that they'd been waiting for? And how much were people's expectations of the Messiah just a reflection of their own desires? So, when the Messiah solidified into an actual person and became synonymous with a particularly <coughs> new way of living with God and each other, it inevitably turned into a polarizing choice. Some understood and were pleased and keenly signed on, yet others either failed to understand and rejected it, or were so scared about the threats to their established way that they actively fought against this new way. It's I been that way. People, well, the people wanted to bring Jesus under their control at best or bring him down if this weren't possible. They wanted to control him, to ignore his challenge to them, to ignore his unpacking of the gospel, its good news and all its ramifications. Jesus challenged the people sitting in front of him in the synagogue in Nazareth. Jesus Jesus still challenges us. 
And in Luke's gospel that we heard from today, there is a tradition of Jesus being sent for more than just Israel, which is not the same as in some of the other gospels. Jesus in his teaching and his general demeanor as seen in who he hangs out with, the tax collectors, the women of ill repute, and who he cares for, and in what he said in the synagogue this morning, Jesus is trying to move beyond the tight-knit family, the tribal, and to see a wider context for his work and for God's care. And for us today, that is always, has always to be an important consideration for the church. The good news is for everyone, not just the folks sitting here in the pews, it is for everyone. And it's so easy for us to become congregational in our mindsets. And maybe for St George's just now, much of our time and our energy is focused on the union and on the hope and desire of being able to call a minister of your own. But even when we are able to break out of this limited scope, it's still so easy to settle into, if you like, a type of localised overview of the world where we consider human struggle from the point of view of people like us or people limited geographically to our own communities and nation. Surely, surely we need a broader outlook as we consider what God seeks in our world today. Turning back to the Jeremiah reading, we hear of Jeremiah's reluctance to answer God's call because he considers himself to be too young. And if we are prepared to listen, young people have much to bring us. For many of us, a disadvantage of the modern media and social media age may be the sheer amount of information that we have to deal with and the sheer amount of misinformation and disinformation that is out there. However, at the same time, all this information can be an advantage. For example, when we find out things that might, in a previous age, have been kept hidden, or we find out that certain important people haven't always told the truth. And sometimes important truths come from people that we wouldn't normally listen to. And with that in mind, how many parents really listen to their children? How many teenagers complain? You know the words. But you never listen to me. And yet, think of the past two or three years. Think of Greta Thunberg aged 15, who started a movement for climate change that has inspired millions of people to get involved in action to save our planet. And then, a wee bit further back, Malala Yousafzai, the teenager from Pakistan who was shot by the Taliban for campaigning for girls' right to education. Malala was awarded the Nobel Prize at just 17 years old for that work. And then, just as COVID was beginning to cause ructions, if you like, in this country, we had Marcus Rashford, 23-year-old England and Manchester United footballer, who started work with the food charity Fair Share, raising over £20 million to combat food poverty in the UK, in our country, and inspiring thousands to join in a campaign that forced a change in government policy south of the border on free school meals. <coughs> like Jeremiah, Greta, Malala and Marcus had things to say, things to say that were so important that people listened, despite their age, maybe because of their age, maybe because of their passion, their enthusiasm for young people very often have a passion that as we get older, we sometimes lose. But people listened. And as God tells Jeremiah, when you are inspired, youth is no barrier. I wonder what the children and the young people in our church have to say to us. Maybe we need to ask them. Maybe we need to have that conversation with them. For young people today, they certainly have something to teach the older generation when it comes to the interconnectedness of people and planet. 
they are so used to social media and social media links us across the globe and though at times it can be a destructive force when social media is used positively it can help us to construct a view of the world that emphasizes if you like the connectedness between us all rather than if you tribal differences so so no matter what age we are we should be encouraged that if what we have to say needs saying even if we feel that no one will listen to us it's still worth saying Jesus well Jesus shocked his home village by saying that God's message of love freedom and good news was just as much for outsiders it was an uncomfortable message for them and they were so angry they were so angry to hear it that they tried to drive Jesus out and sometimes sometimes the voices that we need to hear have disquieting messages that we don't want to listen to we don't want to listen to the child abuse victims that keep reminding the church that it needs to address its shameful past in places the LGBTQI plus people that still face discrimination including from some Christians the women and children who have been raped exploited or trafficked challenging us to address gender violence and the marginalization of women that feeds it the black people highlighting the racism and discrimination in British society including our churches do we listen to them do we hear them and respond we're also challenged to speak with outsiders whom we don't normally meet ex-prisoners who've committed crimes that make them monsters in our eyes refugees who think who we think should take second place to our own people those excluded by the stigma of serious mental health issues homeless people battling with addiction and abuse Jesus Jesus is clear that the good news is for all how are we reaching out in love to people who are not like us all we do should be done in love as Paul wrote love is patient and kind love is not happy with evil love never gives up finally let us never forget that God so loved the world so much that he sent us Jesus he sent Jesus into the world his beloved son that we might have life in all its fullness we are to love the Lord our God with all our hearts, souls and minds and to love our neighbours, our neighbours like us, our neighbours different to us, our neighbours in Paisley and our neighbours in the furthest corner of this world. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind and love your neighbour. Amen. And to God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, be glory and praise now and forever. We continue in our worship by singing hymn 115, Love is the Touch of Intangible Joy. Hymn 115.
And now the choir will sing the anthem as our offerings are brought forward. Thank you so much. Our prayers will now be led by Muriel. Let us pray. Thank you, Father, for the gifts that have been brought forward today. Thank you that it's only because of your love and generosity that we are able to give back to you in this way. May we be good stewards of your money and use it wisely in ways that will be pleasing to you. Amen. And now we pray for others. We pray today for this world that we are living in, the one that you created. We realize that you did not intend us to live in such a troubled world but man has walked away from your laws and evil lives in their hearts. But in all of this, we still cry out to you for mercy. Where there is war, we ask that you will bring peace and guide people through storms, droughts, or any challenging situation. We pray for revival to sweep through our land, that people will turn to you and lives may be transformed that they may see and know your grace in their lives. We pray for our church here in Scotland as we find ourselves in a time of change. May we seek your guidance where decisions need to be made. Help us to embrace change and not resist when things look different, even when they take us out of our comfort zone. We think also of the community that you have placed us as a congregation here in the town and also in Glenburn. You have called us to be the light in the world and commissioned us to take the gospel to all people. Will you lead us by the Holy Spirit and help us find ways in which we can reach out to bring the gospel where you have placed us? We pray for those who are ill dying or supporting someone through these times. We especially pray for those in our congregation who are grieving at this time, having lost a loved one. May they find comfort knowing that your loving arms are waiting for them. And for those left behind, give them the knowledge that you are there for them. 
Help us as a congregation to give help and support to those who need support at this time. And then, Father, we think of our young people. We pray for our young people that as they look at us as adults, they will see Christ in our lives and by our example, they will want to follow Jesus for themselves. We ask for your protection on them as they grow up, that they will not be drawn away from you, Lord, by the things of this world, but the seeds that are being sown into their lives at this time, we ask that the Holy Spirit will water them and continue to work in them as they grow into adults. And now, Father, we just take a moment to bring those before you who are on our hearts today. We bring all of these prayers in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, Muriel. We continue in our worship with the hymn 527, during which time we hope that the youngsters who've been out at Ice Cream Sunday will come to join us. So we sing hymn 527, Lord, make us servants of your peace. boy dog or a girl dog? A girl dog? It was a boy dog. It was a girl dog. Oh, I don't know. It was a girl. What, 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 was, she, what was the dog called? Uh, something else? Ma Marine? Oh, wow. What kind of dog was she? A golden lab? Oh, was she obedient? 
Did she do what she was told? Yes. Aha. Uh -huh. So why did the guide dog come to see you this morning? You don't know? Oh, okay. It helps people. That's absolutely spot on, Miller. Guide dogs help people. They help people who can't see and they can guide them round things. So you'd be thinking about people who help us. Yeah? So was it did you share your ice cream with the dog? No. No, you don't. You had your ice cream after they were away? Right. They were still there. Right, okay. Because I think you folks, um, sometimes it seems to me that you don't really like sharing your ice cream. Is that fair? Maybe not. It wouldn't do if I got it all down my cassock, would it? No, I know. So, what did you learn about the guide dog? What did you learn about Marine? It takes two years to train a guide dog. So the person has to be trained as well. Oh, oh, that's quite challenging having to train a person. And then, and then, they, get then they get matched up. Ben, what are you going to say? Um, Have you forgotten? Okay. And there's somebody else that helps us going past the outside just now. It costs. £70,000 to train one guide dog. Oh gosh, I didn't know that. So we learn something new, don't we? If, oh, I think we learn something. If, I hope we learn something new more often than every decade, Murray. I hope we learn something new every day. Okay, so, you, so until you're 10, you don't learn anything? Hmm. Let me think about that one. It's a special diet, so it has to be well fed. So the, the guide dog, the, the, I was going to say owner, but I don't suppose it is that owner. It's the person they're helping has to look after that guide dog. It is, I, I know it is, but then the guide dog will retire and the person might get another dog. So it's quite complicated, isn't it? But so. The guide dog helps the person, and the person looks after the guide dog. So it's all about looking after one another. And that's something that we can do. We can help look after other people. So let's, before we finish up, shall we have a, a prayer? Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for guide dogs and the people they help. We thank you for all who give to support charities to share their love with others. We thank you, Lord, for everyone who helps us in the world and be with our children as they learn something new every day. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to finish up this morning by singing. It's a hymn that the grown-ups will know. It's hymn 512. And if I remember rightly, it's To God Be the Glory. No, we've sung that one, Murray. It's 512, to God be the glory.
before us, Lord, to protect and inspire us as we leave this sanctuary of your truth. Give us the discernment of prophets and the voice of messengers and fill us with your love that passes all understanding and the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit rest and remain with each and every one of you and all those whom you love this day and forevermore.